to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Lou. On the second half of this program, we'll have co-host and producer Alex Wong on to discuss all the great playoff basketball that is taking place in the league. But first, uh, I'm joined by a friend of the program, CJ Miles of Strictly Hoops over at Yahoo. CJ, how you doing, man? All right, one second. He's dropped on the line. We will get him back uh, in just a second. But, yeah, I'm hoping to talk to CJ about a couple of things. Obviously, um, the coaching storyline is still going on. Um, you know, as I shared yesterday, um, you know, this this will be a lengthy process. Like, we, we probably will see it take place over the course of a month. Um, but I, I'm curious to see from former player who has played for, you know, lots of great coaches, um, you know, the, the whole process of sort of finding a coach, what it's like to work with a coach, what specifically you want to um, get out of that experience. And, of course, obviously we'll talk about the rest of the league as well. CJ is a, a great resource uh, for all of that um, because, you know, uh, this is this is, this is is what's going on in terms of Raptors basketball-wise. So, um we got CJ on the line. CJ, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? So I got kicked off for a second. Something happened. I don't know. But nah, it's it's all good. We would never do that to you. Um, <laughs> how you been, man? How, how's uh? I was gonna say how's summer treating you, really? But you know, you retired, so I, I assume it's like yeah, it's, I'm in summertime all the time now. <laughs> that sounds that sounds pretty good, man. That sounds uh, pretty except good. we're having to get up, take the kids to school. But other than that, you know, got you. I can't complain about anything. Got you. <clears throat> um, all right. Well, we'll start here in Toronto, and then we'll move to the rest of the league. Um, so uh, I, I guess it's already happened for about two weeks now. But I wanted to hear your reaction to, you know, the news that Nick Nurse was let go, and also that the Raptors are having this pretty extensive search uh, for a new head coach. Um, it was. I don't know. Like I didn't. I didn't even think about it until you know all the stuff started coming up in the media, and then the thing like some of his quotes came about him saying he needed to see where he was at and all that. Like I, it wasn't even a thought of mine, I guess, because you know, I think you look at a team that's been you know pretty successful since he took over. You know, obviously there's been some ups and downs the last like year and a half and stuff like that. But I just mean, you you know that it doesn't stay in the high spot all the time. So I didn't think it would happen that soon, but right. Right. Um, it, 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 it's, I mean, it seems mutual, I guess, because he had his quotes and they had theirs. I saw Masai's, um, mm-hmm. you know, I saw Masai speak. So, I mean, it doesn't seem like it was nasty. So I'm glad that's not the case, but right, I mean, it's, right. it's, it definitely was surprising to me until it, it actually happened. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Cause I, I did think that, you know, having seen him win a championship here and also win a coach of the year here, like you would feel like that would buy you a little bit more okay. permanency. But then again, I mean, this past season was just kind of uneven. Right. And you do hear about stuff like, all right, behind the scenes, you know, Masai wanted to change the culture. Right. And of course the easiest way to do that um, without changing all the players is, is obviously to go uh, for the coach. I mean, uh-huh. I, I want to ask you, cause you, you were here the last time the Raptors, you know, made a head coaching change um, from Dwayne who won coach of the year that year. And then, ironically, he got let go, and Nick got moved over. Um, what was the reaction in the team to that? And also, even just the idea that, like, after the Raptors searched for a coach, eventually they hired a guy that you guys were already familiar with, with Nick being an assistant here previously. Uh, what was that, you know, experience like, seeing an assistant transition over to that coaching position? Um, that was So I've seen it a couple times in mm-hmm. my career, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's it's hard. 
on the assistant on the coach more than it is anything because you know they're their the road changes like drastically. It's not like you get moved a little bit up the chain. You get moved to the head of the snake right. and relationships change with players because now like, you know, assistant coaches all down the line have relations different relationships with like a couple of players because they work out with them here and they do this with this guy and they do this with this guy. Then the head coach has got to kind of get to a point where he's more even kill because he doesn't want it to seem like you don't want to cause any any rifts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and there's just different responsibilities and there's less time to do it that way. Um, I think it's 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 a it's a tough spot to be in, but with Coach Case and Nick's situation was different because I don't know if you wanted to change the entire culture. You just you just thought there was time for a new voice, right? Because all the pieces were pretty much in place. They felt like to you know, I mean, obviously before the trade, but to be successful, they mm-hmm. felt like the culture had been set, the guys had been set, and that's why you bring in a guy that's still part of that culture who's just gonna make some some minor tweaks. When you want to reset a culture. You you usually don't hire from within, right? Right. No, that that's that's good perspective. Um, I was curious, like, what what other times does this happen to you? Like you said when the assistant got moved over, um, twice. <laughs> um, so, a uh, fun fact about me for like, um, since like my after like my sixth year, mm. besides one year, I had a different coach every year, right? Wait, so wait, wait hold on, <laughs> hold yeah. on, really? Yeah. So oh, so damn. Jerry Sloan, yeah, right. So after Jerry Sloan. Uh, the assistant coach uh, that gets moved to the front seat is Ty Corbin. Ty Corbin, right. Yep. And then I go to Cleveland. I have um, uh, Byron Scott. Then the next year I have Mike Brown. Right. And then the next year I have Vogel. And that's the only year I have a coach two years in a row. My two years in Indy, I have right. Vogel. The third right. year in Indy, Nate McMillan moves, from, moves over. So that's twice I got an assistant coach that moves over. And then I leave Indy. And come to Toronto, and mm-hmm. I have Case, and then the next year I have Nick, and then the next, and then I get traded in that season, and get a, and get bigger staff, and then I get traded to it, uh, to the Wizards, and I have um, Scott Brooks. Why am I drawing a blank? I'm, yes, yeah. Man. So like, oh yeah, it was a wild. Um, I didn't even think about it until one day I was sitting down talking with some people, and we mm-hmm. and it came up. I was like, oh, that is that's very true. <laughs> that happened. But no. yeah, so I but but I saw it happen twice in my career. Right, right, right. No, that's why. I mean, from the player's perspective, like when a new coach comes in, do you what's what's your approach? Like, do you sit down with him? Does he come to you and you guys sort of lay it all out and you're like, this is how I play. This is sort of how what my expectations are. Like, walk us through that process because I think for a lot of people, like people, we're just thinking about the head coaching position of it all. But obviously, you know, the, the whole position is about relationships, right? And and how coaches manage that relationship with the yeah. with the players. The only one I would say that was particularly hard for me was Toronto because there was not so much the it was a coaching staff and a roster change. Right, like, right, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like so now the role is different. Everything's there's a change, there's tweaking, there's all these different things. But the other times, like, you know, like I said, it was a coach that I had spent like I had spent the first six years with Ty Corbin before he was the head coach. Right. So we knew each other and the system wasn't changing. Like I said, when you should promote from within, everything's not changing super fast. Mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. wasn't as it's just a different guy at the helms, and there's some little things. Right. Um, same with Nate in Indiana. We didn't change everything. We had pretty much the same core players, and it just it just was time for a new voice. They felt like. Got you. But I think the biggest thing is, yeah, you sit down, and they they come to you. They they sit down with everybody. I think because they want to you know establish a relationship from that from that viewpoint. So you want to give people a chance to just understand you know what they think their roles might be. 
what we're what what's the new direction of the team and things we want to try to do and you want to do a one-on-one with some guys because you want to make sure that they have a clear understanding mm-hmm. and you're not just throwing stuff at guys out of nowhere especially if it's a guy that was playing a certain role and you decide say there's a guy that's been playing the two three and you decide now we're a small ball team so now you're going to play four right i don't want you to just show up on day one and i say you're at the power forward spot right, right. <laughs> Even though that happened to me, but that's I was gonna say that, that was like, are, are you talking about yourself in Indiana? Because that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, but but that but there was conversation about it. It just wasn't supposed to be me at that time. Right. Of course. So yeah. it wasn't that crazy, but it it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you just try to make sure that you you know you let guys know that there's gonna be some changes and and things are going in a direction, so you can kind of get in the in a direction that's not the same but it's not me trying to come at you in an abrasive manner as if y'all just let you show up to camp and i just say this this and this has got to go right right and that's the way and you don't want to start off like that yeah i mean i i i I feel like people don't really appreciate that enough about sort of like how important it is to work with players like very rarely would you have coaches nowadays come in and just be like my way or the highway like i don't i I don't think that exists anywhere in, in the league, maybe even in other leagues. But, um, you know, it was curious because I've been hearing about the fallout and, and obviously when a coach gets let go or just like when a star player gets traded, you get to hear all this, like, oh, this happened or this happened or this happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's just, I guess, just the nature of the league. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, you do hear about like, okay, well, you know, front office wanted Nick to, to use his bench more or mm-hmm. use the young guys a little bit more, which kind of goes hand in hand. And I remember we had this discussion uh, when you were on the show previously during the season about sort of how the Raptors can sustainably build a better bench and sort of mm-hmm. what's that approach towards player development. Um, I mean, you were part of like the most memorable Raptors bench group here, right? Everyone hears bench mom to know exactly what happened that year. Obviously, mm-hmm. your role in that as well. Um, can you just take us through like sort of maybe some of the things that Dwayne Casey was able to uh, put into place or that coaching staff in that year in 2017, 2018, was able to put in place where you guys just were able to click right off the bat uh, versus maybe other situations where, you know, you are coming off the bench, but there wasn't that same level of camaraderie or, you know, uh, success. Um, I think in Toronto, one of the things was they, they already had, they were already trying to pump a high belief into those guys mm-hmm. before I got there. Okay. Right? okay. So, um, and I think those guys were doing the work and the system, you know, the things that they wanted done, those guys, they they were trying to award those guys for their work. Whether it would work out in the, we mm-hmm. didn't know that. But I think we got really tested early. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that helped us is that we got tested early and they were able to see okay we can make these little tweaks here, this, that, and the third, and we can do certain things. And then there was just us grabbing the bull by the horn, you know? Yeah. Like um, there's a there's a, there's a certain part of this that is on the player also if I keep giving you opportunities granted there should probably be more sometimes in situations mm-hmm. like this but if I keep giving them to you you're gonna have to go out there and kind of not go by the book right. you're gonna have to go make a difference you're gonna have to be uber aggressive and try to make many plays you can because you're trying to turn five minutes into nine and then nine into 15 and 15 into 20 and that's essentially what happened with us you know, we started going in games and just deciding that we were going to make leagues bigger or or close a gap or get a lead or whatever it was. And then we get to ride the wave because we did the work. Mm. Now, you also always don't have star players that can let that happen either. Right. 
So Kyle and Navarro are cool I, with that, right? Yeah, and I think the right. guys in Toronto are too. They just had to play 40 minutes. Like that was just the way yeah. that they were playing. Right, right. Um, but I think there are a lot of situations, and I've been a, I've been in places that that's the case sometimes too, where they don't, the bigger name guys don't care. They want their minutes and they want their shots and they mm. want their numbers. Right. And it's getting better around the league now, but it used to be way worse, I think, because now the league is played at such a pace that everybody's got a chance to average the dang near 18, 20 points a game now. Right. No, I mean, that, if you play minutes, that's that's a great point, right? Because you know, I, I feel like you know, it, I, 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 one of the things that really stood out with the bench mob that year was just like you guys came in and you guys played a different style. You guys were faster. Mm -hmm. You guys, um, you know, definitely got up and down the floor better. Um, you guys were able to force, I feel like, way more turnovers. You guys were more active than the, than the starting group defensively who played more conservatively. And the ball, like, just popped around because none of you guys were really, like, the featured guy. And it was, like, a very different style as compared to the starters. Whereas I, sometimes I watch different benches, or even this year with the Raptors, like, sometimes the quote-unquote bench is in, but really it's just another starter that's been left in is now become the featured guy. Like, OG would be out there with the yeah. bench. But it's it's just like OG's now the featured guy, and the bench is just sort of like waiting around, you know. Like it's a very yeah. different approach to that. And that was the thing I think you can't you can't help but look at the timing of us too. Like, sure, we 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 were we were lucky, I guess, quote unquote, in that department, right? We 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 had a unit that everybody kind of benefited the other guy. Like mm -hmm. me being a shooter that liked to run around, I had two screeners with Yak and Pascal, mobile screeners, right. and two point guards on the floor. Yeah. Like I, I lived the dream life in that unit. And then at the same thing with me, the the attention that I could cause by running off screens and the space I could create for pick and rolls for the two point guards or them just attacking in transition. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Pascal and Yak could still be mobile and run and they could – do different things and we could switch on defense and we could do, we just happened to, to mesh really well. And like you said, we provided a totally different service than the front, than the front um, five did. Yeah. Like that, that's the biggest thing too. And I think we had an identity and once we kind of like understood that we ran with it. Mm. Got you. Well, I mean, let's, here's the thing though, because like, I feel like after the championship, we were all like, oh, this is the standard now, right? We're in Toronto. We expect mm -hmm. championships. This is all that's good in the world. But now after a couple of years later, and obviously they had a couple of down years, obviously this year's a down year, we're like, man, we're so nostalgic about what happened before the championship. Mm -hmm. Now we appreciate it a little bit more, you know? It's actually even kind of funny even reflecting on this moment now. But no, I mean, seriously, though, I, I feel like whichever coach that comes in next, obviously there'll be a big um, emphasis on player development, big emphasis on, you know, um, you know, part of that player development is, as you mentioned, the reward, right? The reward is minutes, right? And yeah. and you get those those minutes to to build your career, and and hopefully, whatever opportunity that comes, like um, you know, the, the next coach will do that for for the Raptors. You, you got any you know ideas as to sort of? I mean, first off, CJ, can you come back and coach? Like, like <laughs> can we can we just on air would, pitch you I on mean, this idea? You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know if, if if they if they hire a guy off the street as a head coach that's never coached before, but Are you want me I would love to, you know, I would love to, you know, I would love to come help my guys out and help the organization out. We love Toronto as a family, mm. and I love the organization. You know, all right, um, that would be a that would be a a fantastic situation. The producers clip happen, this right now and send it to Bobby. All right, we have Bobby's number, <laughs> especially with my guys being back with yacht coming back, and right, my, if my right. guys get to stay there, like that would be hmm. unbelievable. I, obviously, I would love to do it either way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. um, because I love the organization and 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 what they stand for and the people that and the things they did for me, mm. um, and basketball wise, I feel like they try to do things the right way, which mm. is, you know, uh, a big thing in the league because you got some people that are just superstar heavy and they don't really try to 
try to try to look at it like we're talking about right now. We're balancing it out and mm-hmm. developing young guys and looking for guys that they can they think can help character wise and bring along to help that team. Cause that's the thing you look at too with that with that benchmark thing. These are not no no offense to them at that moment, but the, nobody knew Fred would be who Fred is in the league. Yeah, yeah. Except us. Nobody knew Pascal would be who he was except us. Mm-hmm. Even Yacht turning into the service so big that he's turned into, he's exceeded the mark, the line, the same. Like mm-hmm. those guys, they, they, and the minutes is what did that. The reward for their minutes. And I think at some point, the coach has got to be a little bit more lenient on the other side because there is a growing, there's a curve that they got to go through, right. that guys got to go through. Even guys that aren't as young that come to new teams, like, yeah, they got to go through a situation, they got to go through some things. Um, so, it's just about the patience that comes with it and having the balance of being able to understand that you can win and and develop guys. It might not it might mean you're not the best team in the league mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some nights because it's gonna be nights you're gonna have to get some guys some chances to play twenty five minutes, but that's what you know, you look at the schedule, you look how you're playing, you check the temperament and you and you go from there. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right, um, CJ, I want, I want to move to the rest of the league as well because um, okay. obviously the players are going going on right now. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. man, but every night I, f- I feel bad. I'm just telling my partner, like, look, listen, um, we- we'll hang out, like, after <laughs> after, after <laughs> Chuck and Shaq are off TV <laughs> at 1 a.m. Now, the crazy time, thing is, is my wife, she's a, she's a trooper. She's with it. Okay. So, like, right. she's locked in. So, like, that's easy for us to okay. watch the games. You're like, lucky, man. During the season, she might watch more games than me because I'll rewatch them the next morning. Like, some right. days I'm just like, I'm going to do something else. But uh-huh. she's she's locked in. All right. Well, well, that, that's that's great because obviously there's 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 been so much great playoff basketball. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I wanted to start with just last night's games. Um, so for me, coming into the playoffs, my prediction was I thought the Celtics were gonna you know take that next step and actually win it all. I just thought their talent on paper, the, the roster is so good. They're in that right space too. They got some veterans, but they got you know young players who are also like you know battle tested. Like these guys are ready to go. And I feel like, for me, I'm just kind of underwhelmed, not just with the game last night where they shouldn't have lost it to uh, a Sixers team that didn't have Joel Embiid, but even in that uh, that the Hawks series, with all due respect to the Hawks, I, just, I never saw that urgency from the Celtics. To me, I'm watching them, it feels more like they're just rolling over the regular season rather than they're sort of elevating to another gear. I wanted to see what your thoughts were on Boston, because right now they're they're only four and three so far when you just took a, when you look at the two rounds so far. And, and I don't think anyone would have expected that out of a team that were probably favored to to win the championship. Yeah, I mean, you you just would like to see um, a a different sense of urgency in some yeah, moments, right? right? right. Um, like you look at the Heat for example, t- like they they're just going, going they're yeah, completely yeah, different, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah, Jimmy Butler turns into Michael Jordan in the playoffs every year. It's crazy. <laughs> Yo, it's nuts, um, right? yeah, it's really nuts. But I think there's just. I don't. I don't really know. Maybe it's maybe it's the success that they've had, and they're already looking, and they're already looking at the the deep run they can make, and they've done. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what it is. Um, and they're kind of like ahead of themselves instead of being one game at a time. And they're because you got you got what the maybe arguably the best wing tandem in the league. Yep. Um, two guys that can they can win you games every night. Marcus Smart who has grown into a tremendous floor leader, obviously been a defensive player of the year and the things he does on the floor and all the veteran guys, Brogdon and, and other guys that are on that team that know how to play their roles and do things. But it's just 
you know, you watch the game and you see some turnovers here that you would think that they wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you see some they did they weren't great defensively, yeah. which is what they've been as a team, as a unit. They've been a great team defensive team. Um, I think that's one thing. And then the big thing is no Joel Embiid. And that's a hard argument, you know, because, you know, teams are totally different without their star players. So it's kind of yeah. harder right. when you got a guy like James Harden who's been playing one way and all of a sudden he decides to have a flashback to Houston. And Tyrese Maxey's dangerous. And mm. other guys get more opportunities that you've been preparing for all your schemes to go at Joel Embiid. Right. I mean, you know, the Sixers, they've had a winning record this season when, uh, when Joel's been missing time. You know, and I think obviously a lot of credit to the players, a lot of credit to even Doc to mm-hmm. to, to allow that to happen. But mm-hmm. it's a very different style. You know, they they um, obviously they're able exactly. to spread the floor a lot better. They play a lot more zone, which I feel like they don't do as much with Joel in the middle. Um, and I thought that that kind of slowed down the Celtics to some degree at, at certain moments. But you know, even just the way they're able to race down the uh, the floor as well, they're able to be like faster. Like, I mean, it, it's it's not a given. However, having said all that, like we agree, the Celtics should have taken care of business last night, and I do feel like. Yeah, that that sense of urgency probably does have to kick in at some point. Like I, I don't know if it's like after you lose game one. Like I don't think they're gonna panic or anything, but um, yeah, they gotta get. They game have no two, reason though. to be in a panic, but yeah, they need to get game two. And the other thing is, you just don't want it. Like the later we get in these playoffs, the the harder it's gonna be to turn that on. Mm. Like you know what I mean? We can't. If let's say they make it, you make it through this series and get to the next, and you try to do it again, that team is like, nah, we close to the championship. We smell blood. Right, right, yeah. Like this is different. Like, and there's a better, like playoff basketball is already different, and obviously the team that you meet in the next round is gonna be better than the last, or yeah. playing better than the last at that time. Right, right. And you don't want to get, you don't want to, you don't want to give anybody anything. You want to be beaten. You don't want to beat yourself in the playoffs. Yeah. And I know for the Celtics perspective, like they, they talked about it after losing in the finals last year, like they felt like they were the better team. Um, yeah. But the Warriors, maybe, I think a lot of us did. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think the Warriors like, you know, <clears> took <throat> over that moment. Like Steph took over that moment, especially when you think about game four, when they were down two one for the Warriors yeah. going into TD Garden and, and a lot of Warriors weren't playing great. But Steph just kind of single handedly kind of like really willed them forward. Kind of similar to game seven, to be honest, uh, that we just saw over the weekend. He keeps doing he keeps doing man. <laughs> incredible yeah it's it's enough i feel like every year we say he's different like you know what i mean like yeah at some point we're gonna have to talk about him in the conversations of like greatest of like we can't just be saying greatest shooter like it's got to be a different type. i agree i agree you like, know is it just because he's, he's small out? you know it's like you know what i mean because like i guess maybe visually we're not like all right this guy is just like mm-hmm. clearly dominant like you know the way you would look at like lebron that's the or word Shaq right? or Giannis. that's the word right we think of dominance as size and strength and like Mm. And 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 this and this physicality type thing, and he's as dominant as those guys without being that. Right. Um. I think we have to look at the impact of the game. And my favorite quote of anybody, JJ Reddick said it. JJ Reddick said he had the gravity of the sun, mm. meaning anything he does and moves, everybody's on high alert and watching, and he pulls everything to him. Yeah. Like it feels like the arena moves when he's when he's moving. And the thing that's crazy is that. He might be the most well, one of the most well-conditioned players of all time. The pace that he plays at, right? Right. So everything he does, everything with intent. So everybody's always on high alert. So he's got everybody shook all the time because yeah. he's in every action and he's back screening and running and relocating, driving, and now he's he's finishing at the basket. He's doing the mid-range, the the, the long floaters, all the things. We can't just call him shooter anymore. Mm. I get it because shooting is was the 
was the sexy part, right? It was the th- it was the appeal. Like that was yeah, the for sure. he was the first one to do that. He broke all the records with that. And I get it, but when you break down the game, even when we talk about Boston last year, there's so many tough finishes at the basket. Yeah. In those big games. There's so many times he's turning the corner high off the glass and all these floaters and getting knocked to the floor. And I think that's like if I score 50 and I make seven threes, I don't know how many threes he made. There's yeah, still seven, 30 yeah. more points for me to get. Yeah. <laughs> and he only got to the foul line three times to- or five times. He only made three. This so is what I'm saying. There's a lot so, of twos and like scoop layups and the angles yeah. and he finishes off the glass, mid-range pull-ups, man. It's, it's oh, crazy. Man. And he passes the ball well Yeah, with both hands. That's that's the thing, too. You know, you're absolutely right because I, f- I feel like, you know, watching these playoffs, like um, obviously what Steph's been doing, um, what Jokic has been doing in this series, too, is just Jokic. like guys were just like, man, they're, they're so dangerous with or without the ball. And I feel like uh, there's so many players in this league that are dangerous with the ball, right? I feel like obviously the Suns, like classic example, right? Devin Booker, he's been going crazy, yeah. right? He he's been he's mind. been lethal in terms of the way he's whenever he's had touched the ball, he's looking to score, and he's most times he's going to score. And obviously KD is KD, but there's something about these players where even when they don't have the ball, how much they improve mm-hmm. and make the team around them dangerous. Like even the, the game last night I'm watching against the, uh, with the Nuggets, right? When they when they went up two nothing, like Jamal Murray was shooting terribly. He was like four of nineteen. He couldn't make a single three. Um, obviously, he's been doing great this whole playoff series. But, like, other guys are able to step up. They're able to step up because Jokic is able to put them into those positions. Mm-hmm. In addition to the fact that, I mean, last night, I feel like the Suns were just like, all right, let's let Jokic beat me. We'll play more one-on-one. It's like, that was their plan. That's not a good idea. That's sorry, man. Jokic yeah. is too dangerous for that. But think about how crazy that is, right? It right. was like, we'd rather let you get 40 than, like, we think, you, we think you're more dangerous not scoring the ball. Mm-hmm. Like we think we'd rather let you go shoot it and get the score. We'd rather that be the way. Mm. But they, and they're trying to take away the three point shooting. I get it because of his playmaking, but you can't take away the three point shooting and then you not make threes yourself though. No, that's, that's true. That's true. Especially when it's a big part of your game. Like they go KD's two for twelve. I think Devin's four for eight, but then everybody else is over. So there's six for whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And those other guys off the bench, like Tory Craig and Damian Lee, those guys have been making threes. They're making corner threes and stuff off the doubles, they're blitzing the pick and roll. So somebody's open and you don't got guys making those shots, then that we don't have any reason not to we don't have any reason not to double team Devin and Kevin and Chris Paul anymore. Mm-hmm, Hopefully mm-hmm. he comes back. Right. And you know, those guys lose confidence and they stop shooting the ball. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's this is why I feel like depth and, and the regular season, like as much as obviously the playoffs is like a different level and, and we always talk about like are the playoffs real or, or not the are, are the is the regular season real because based on what we see in the playoffs, but it's like that's the that's the process you go through, right? Like you, you have to build up the right. confidence of certain players. They know their roles. Yeah. And like for the Suns, like I mean, I, I didn't think they would win it this year just because even though the talent's on there on paper, like you need more time. To build up those roles, to find who's going to step up in some of these other spots, build out your rotation I think a little bit. still another guy, like a super explosive guy off the bench away, right? Yeah. I know they brought in, they brought in Terrence Ross, right? Um, yeah. But I mean, I think there's still like a like another guy, like a a playmaking explosive type guy, a guy right. you can let 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 go get it himself a little bit, put him in high pick and rolls, and he can make the other guys get them shots and be a scorer. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like a guy that's 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 almost a six man of the year candidate type. Right, guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that type of guy changes everything. But, um, but it goes back to what we're talking about with like young guys and developing your bench, right? Sure. If we got to lose three or four games during the season for those guys to get experience, for us to get to the finals, I'm fine with that. Right. 
No, it's man. obviously placement and understanding, you know, we understanding where we are in the year to do it. But if we got to do it to get some guys some more minutes and, and to grow some guys or or get guys some extra minutes, even if it's just with the starters so they can get a good understanding of things that the starters are doing. So when I take the starters out, they can they can um, imitate those things, whatever mm. it is. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, um, th- that's where, again, like, you know, there's certain players that obviously with Jokic and, and Steph, they have the luxury, too, of, you know, having only played with one team and a lot of permanency. So every, yeah, guys yeah, have experience playing yeah. with those guys. But at the same time, like, when you're able to <coughs> elevate the, the group as a team, like, it just makes the whole thing so much more dangerous. So I'm, I'm just trying to appreciate some of these players a little bit more. I mean, it's not like Jokic is yeah, two-time yeah, MVP is yeah. not – uh, you know, underappreciated or, or Pro- Steph's not underappreciated? Three. <laughs> Pro- probably three. Not underappreciated. You're right. But they should be. They but should I be, think man. we, they should be talked about as far as how hard it is to do what they've been doing. That's fair. Because we talk, like we talked about the Boston series with Golden State last year. Mm. Like you said, like they take, they understand the moment. Yeah. They understand that sense of urgency that needs to happen. They've been in positions this way. Like Boston's coming into this era. Those young guys, those two wings, they've been successful and they're getting there and they're still climbing. These guys have been from the bottom to the very top of this thing multiple times in a row, down in series, up in series and lost it. Like they've done everything that you could do. Mm. And that's why I think people take them as being arrogant sometimes because they don't seem upset after losses or things like that. They're smiling. They're like, bro, we like, I'm not worried about this. (laughs) I've done this already. Yeah. No, and there's nothing I can do until the next jump ball. Yeah. No, I I, I enjoyed watching that moment um, in game seven where I think Steph had just missed two free throws. And the next time he's at the foul line, this guy's just smiling. Like he's just like a yeah. full-on grin. And he makes both yeah. free throws. And then obviously he takes over the game. And then at one point he yells at the crowd, like, you, you're you not ready for this, you know. Yeah. And it's like. And he tells him to light the beam, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, using the that, other team's slogan yeah, against yeah. them, man. No, honestly, like yeah. that, 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 that. I, I'm obviously like trash talking has been such a big focus of, of the, yeah, this year's yeah. playoffs. But you know, between what Dylan's doing and also sort of other places, but you know, it's just I don't know. There's something about like when you when you trash talk after you win, like after Jimmy Butler was talk, talking to the Milwaukee fans after Game Five, being like, "Oh, it's awful, awful silent in here," and he's cupping no, his ear. And all Jimmy that kind of was stuff. talking trash when they were down. Yeah. Yeah, they were. There's a clip of him talking trash when they were losing still in the game, and he was talking to Drew Holiday <laughs> oh, too, man. Which yeah, oh, oh, talking to maybe the best guard defender in the league, right? Yeah. So like, besides yeah. himself. Um, yes, you're right. Actually, we we never really but considered like, another e- aspect. But even even back to the, the 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 Steph thing, like think about how sick it is to be at the free throw line smiling in game seven after I just missed two. Like, exactly. I'm excited for this yeah. because it's something new. Yeah. Like, I got challenged. Like, you know what I mean? He's excited to come back to this because when was the last time we saw him miss two free throws in a row? Exactly. I don't think I ever saw it in person. I'm sure yeah. it's happened before. I don't think I ever saw it watching the game or right. or playing against him. So, like, in that moment, he's like, oh, man, this is crazy. Like, he's, he's, it's making him excited. Mm. How do you play it? What do you do with a guy like that? No, exactly, man. All right. Well, CJ, I appreciate you. All right. We, we've run out of time, but, you know, always appreciate yeah. your insight on the league. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll, send, we'll send that CV. We'll send that clip over to, uh, to, to Bobby and Masai next time we run into yeah, him. Yeah, go know? ahead and do that, man. Maybe I'll just slip I got it my in. passport ready. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, man. I'm sure. Um, but and yeah. I got a dual citizen in my family, so, you know. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, get, so, her, get her, get her, get her in touch with her roots some more. There we go. Yeah, we can, we can learn about, we can learn about kilometers, man. CJ kilometers all over. <laughs> um, all right, CJ, I appreciate you. All right, take care. Yeah, man, appreciate y'all.
Okay, that's a good spot for us to take a break. I've been your host, Will, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. When we come back, I know Alex Wong is itching to talk about the latest uh, involving Dylan Brooks. Stay tuned. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge welcome back to the raptor show on the Sportsnet radio network i'm your host Wayne lou i'm joined by producer and co-host alex wong for the segment uh segment number two segment number one thank you to cj miles for hopping on uh, alex you in the back you, you you did come in during the break and, and and suggest that we need to make one firm correction to uh, what we said what i said in the first half yeah you know i don't I don't like when you lie on air and brag about the connections that you have in the city that you don't. Um, I know off air you like to brag that you're a made man all the time and all this stuff. That's the honor. So when you offered, you know, first of all, you offered CJ Miles a a coaching position, which I thought was a little bit out of line, you know. I mean. You got no pull in the org. Come on now. Okay. Um, All right, fair. But the other thing, the bigger issue is, um, you know, you were like, oh, CJ, we're going to clip this uh, and send it to Bobby Uh because we have his number. Um, we have met Bobby on several occasions at, at social events. We have. Yeah. We, we don't have his number. We, we still we, don't have his number. We, we, we legit have to secure We'd his have numbers. to ask like this Trevor is... from Super Fresh or like Craig from Patois. Or okay, something. I feel they like have doable, his number. Man. It's not a thing. It's not. Yeah. No. So we don't have his number. I just want to confirm that. You're right. capping. I thought, you know, I was too excited in the moment. You're what can cap. I say? I'm sorry. Big I'm sorry, cap. CJ. We can, we can get to know people who get to know yeah. him. That's, um, that's as far as we get. The other thing you mentioned. The other thing you mentioned during the break. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, what else? We should just leave our mics on during the break. No, you think that would be good or bad for our careers? Um, um, the other thing you mentioned during the break is uh, we talk about Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green on the show a lot. Yes, yes, are, we are. Is and that... we're going to do it here today as well. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So, this, is a, this is a teaser. This is a teaser. <laughs> unfortunately. So uh, the Athletic, Shams at the Athletic reported today that the Memphis Grizzlies have informed pending unrestricted free agent Dylan Brooks that he will not be brought back, quote, under any circumstances. Right. So he I don't was told, care he's old. He was told this um, during the exit meetings gotcha. with team officials and the two sides decided that it's time to have a fresh start. Uh-huh. So very definitive. That's what I do. I talk. Coming from the Grizzlies. First I think off, I think you felt like this was a little bit too harsh. Okay. It's, obviously, you know, the situation wasn't ideal, right? Mm-hmm. We had mo- multiple moments this year where he was suspended just based on text alone. Yeah. Right. Uh, obviously, he kicked we, we, a photographer in Miami. He, he pushed them. Pushed he, him. He pushed the photographer okay, in my Miami. Bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. You know, quote unquote, Allegedly. Broke, broke the yeah. rules last year in Golden State. Yeah. Um, also had that game where he really shot them out of the game in Golden State. Yeah. Had had one this year as well. I had one this year as well. The LeBron thing. Like, I, I totally understand why the two sides will head for an exit, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's no doubt about um, why that would be the case. But, like, the Grizzlies really just went the extra step to be like, hey, Shams, mm-hmm. put the word out there. That he's not coming back under any circumstances. People have left organizations. Mm. Players have left organizations. You know, this was a, this was a free agency year. He could have just walked without them resigning him, right? Mm-hmm. But they chose to put that out there, and they put put it out there not through the local reporter. They put it out through the national reporter, one of the, literally the top two, 
and was like, put the word out there. Top two. That not he two. not back up. He, he, he legit not back up, right? Yeah. Like he, he, so, I mean, I think I get it. Like, I totally understand moving on from Dylan. We, we talk about this topic all the time, you know, um, <laughs> we, time. we understand that they, you know, I mean, le- legit, we legit talk about Dylan Brooks more than we talk about most Raptors players. If we're going to be honest, who, who has gotten more airtime, Dylan Brooks or Ron Harper Jr. Uh, but like Jeff down got a week, Jeff, Jeff down legit got Jeff a down week. Got so, a week. but Dylan is getting close up there, but yeah. like they took the extra step. So I think this is, this is the start of the Grizzlies trying to self-correct their organization a little bit. They and, said under any circumstances. And it's a, like, listen, if we have to have 14 players on the roster, we'll do it. I think some. I think the Grizzlies have to look at themselves like overall as an organization too, in the same way that the Raptors talk sure, about like yeah. changing the culture. Yeah, absolutely. And stuff like that. It's like it's it's good when you want to empower your young players and your roster, and then you know let them play this like exciting brand of basketball. Like mm-hmm. have this personalities, these personalities that really connect with the city. But you also see how the results have fallen short. Like the last couple of years, right? You know, and you've I mean, seen... it's just they've had great regular seasons mm-hmm. and playoff runs have not been as good. But yeah. that's normal. That happens. But I think especially the, for young teams. But I think the extracurriculars, like the trash talking, and like Dylan Brooks yeah. is at the head of that, right? Yeah. Like I think there is some, just some growing up to do, and Absolutely. I do think part yeah. of it, Dylan made it really easy for him to himself to be the scapegoat mm-hmm. after this playoff exit. Like I don't think anybody has ever made it as easy. No, he to, he, to be a scapegoat. Yeah. Like, this was literally scapegoat versus the GOAT. Mm. And, and I think Sorry. I think the Grizzlies, too, though, the organization, <laughs> they have to take some responsibility for this, too. Just, like, you, you allow your players to, to, to you, know, you know, act a certain way. You, mm. you know, you allow the culture to be a certain way. And now I think they feel like it's gone too far. Right. And now it's them trying to, trying to rein it back. Because, like... No, that's fair. I, again, I totally understand moving on. It's just... I understand it, but this, this <laughs> does like, seem very, like, extreme, right? Like, this is... I'm just saying, uh, players have, like, thousands of players have left yeah. their teams under free agency yeah. circumstances. Very... This is the one time I remember them no. being like, he's not back under any circumstances. Yeah, no, but this is this is like the parent, like, you know, letting their kids run wild, and now they have to overcompensate a little so, bit on uh, the other also, side. Also, wasn't Dylan their longest tenure player, too? Yeah. I mean, I suppose, like, it wasn't like this is, like, some, like, the Warriors dynasty breaking up. Sure. Anything, but, like... Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I think Dylan, I mean Dylan Brooks will find a home. Um, here's the thing: Dylan is actually a very, very good defender. Yes, um, he's not good enough to like slow down LeBron. Mm-hmm. That's obviously you know. Yeah. If we're gonna judge that, like uh, nobody in the league was ever a good defender at that point. Then, other than JJ Barea, but like, I mean, the like, Raptors spent how many years trying to find a guy to stop LeBron? Exactly right. So I, I think he defensively, he he definitely has enough of a talent to get into the you know another position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he was a big starting player for a winning program like he mm-hmm. will latch on somewhere else but i mean i also think about the, the reputations and things like that right i remember where gary was on the show last weekend it was an excellent episode and he talked about you know uh, how your reputation goes with you in different places as well and i do feel like you know unfortunately like this will be the the, the reputation around dylan and i think front office will sort of think twice about signing him even though he's he's good enough of a player to be part of winning programs just based on his defense. Offensively, obviously, he needs to shoot less and, and be more efficient. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But, like, defensively, I think he's actually worth the trouble. But I think all the extra stuff makes it difficult to sign him. And so, I don't know. It's got to be really humbling, man. Not only did you crash out of the playoffs as a number two seed, but you literally poked LeBron. You lost it. LeBron dissed you with, like, a 2004 a Kingdom Come bar. <laughs> Once again, from the worst Jay-Z album. Right. Got you. Yeah. Um, I honestly would have preferred a, a Coldplay Kingdom Come bar. <laughs> and, you know, now now your whole franchise has thrown you out on the street. Like, that's, man. No, it's tough. 
It, it is tough. And, and ultimately, I, what did he do? All he said was, LeBron is old. I poke bears. It's actually just a pretty hilarious quote, all things considered. No, so. I think just like... Man, I feel bad for him, actually. I genuinely do. And I, th I think it, there were some comments made by the players, like, during the series, too. I think Desmond Bain made some comments about, like, just, like, some of the defensive shortcomings from Dylan during the series. Like, if you were reading between the lines... And I think this is a locker room thing, right? Can you bring this guy back no, it's, again, after it's, all of this? It's totally fair. Totally and, fair to move on. And I think the other thing, like Dylan's going to find a home, but like like with anything in the NBA, you always have to measure a player's skill versus whether he's worth the distraction. No, that's fair. You're right. And in this case, it's Dylan Brooks, right? Yeah. If you talk about, if you know, if Dame Lillard was saying all this stuff, calling LeBron old and all this, right, right, and he got embarrassed and they lost by 40 in game six, you just move on. You're just you like, bring all right, Dame well, back. Yeah, anyway, Dan, well, let's try again. <laughs> right? Let's like, get you another shooting guard who doesn't is, play defense this year. No, this is just how the NBA is, right? Is mm -hmm. is is the guy worth the distraction? Of course. And That's all of life, in, really. Yeah, and in this case, yeah. not worth the distraction. Mm. Crossing that one off. All right. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what, why don't you have a laptop today? Yeah, I'm going analog today. Yeah, yeah. It really has sheets of paper. All right. Um, what do you have next, man? An acetate? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's going to do projections. Should we talk Draymond Green Fine or should X. we talk James Harden? You pick. Uh, my favorite topic, Draypod. So Draymond Green. Any uh, new pods recently? Uh, no. But it did wow, remind me. Actually, actually, he can't be daily like us. Huh? Actually, this Dylan thing. It's tough. <laughs> not ready for this. Okay, we're not. Not ready for this podcast grind. Yeah. You I know what? I poke bears when it comes I to Draymond Green's podcast. I don't respect any podcasters until they drop 40 episodes in one month. Um, you know, speaking of Dylan uh, Draymond, though, I mean, they had their little back and forth earlier this year, too. Uh, and it actually does That was not little. Me. That was huge. Draymond, it reminds me now. Draymond said the, the dynasty doesn't start with you. It starts after you. Yeah, and you know that's what he said to do. He also so. said like there's certain players on your team who don't even like you. Yeah, which, this that's very cutting. Yeah, man. Yeah, which by the way does does think like if Draymond was on like a like a 40 win team, sure, he would have been cut a long time ago. Even despite the fact that he's genuinely such a good player, Draymond. I'm waiting for the series when the Warriors finally lose, and it might not happen this this postseason when mm. he actually has to do the pods after they lose. Because he's been does pure, he not, pure winning. Does, he doesn't understand. Draymond, from podcaster to podcaster, yeah. the rack pods are better when they lose. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear you give the third star yeah. to Doc Rivers. <laughs> so so Warriors are Warriors are taking on the, uh -huh. the Lakers tonight um, yep. in a series that's going to, you know, break every single television rating for a second round series. Yeah, and I can't wait, man. I Mark mean, Spears, I, I won't wait, though. I'll be a hoop. Yeah. Mark Spears wrote an article about just Draymond and LeBron's evolving friendship. Because we've talked about the punch, gotcha. you know, them becoming together at the clutch agency uh -huh. and becoming more friendly. And he reported that earlier this year when LeBron was set to become uh, the NBA's all-time leading scorer in that game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, mm -hmm. the Warriors were on the road. And Draymond actually asked the Warriors for permission to miss some of their road trip to go watch LeBron in person. And, yeah. and head coach Steve Kerr decided, quote, it was best for Green to be with the team the night before a game. Mm. in portland oregon instead of going to la to to see lebron that's not even a long flight man yeah yeah that's that, that's that's honestly hating man that's like a two-hour that, flight that's i think that's true friendship though is that true friendship for draymond to want to be in person i mean to, to witness that history i you know, it's funny just because they were on obviously on the opposite sides of this right like and you, mm -hmm. you saw like you know um you, you remember when draymond like really fouled lebron super hard and i think in game seven 
2016. Do you remember that? There was this a, was when he went LeBron for the dunk. LeBron went for like ridiculous dunk. Yeah, this was, at the, this was at the very end of the game. Yeah, it would have yeah. been like one of the greatest dunks of all time. Dunk. Right. Yeah. Like he really won full, you know, yeah, everything. We weren't even sure if LeBron would have been able to go to the free throw line to shoot yeah. free throws because his wrist was hurting, I think. Right, and Draymond yeah. like did what he needed to do in that scenario, yeah. which is hard foul on him. Yeah. Um, so I was completely agreeing with the play. But like mm. to go from that to, to this level where... We Gambu, are no, we? They're literally Gambu. Like it's mm. it's actually... It's it's all it's almost adorable, but it is kind of funny though. Would you have it allowed Draymond if you were Steve Kerr to uh, to make this trip and then fly back to Portland? I mean, it, as they were four and uh, thirty three on the road. Yeah, here's at the here's, time. I think the difference was you know like for example the the Heat also had an up and down season right, mm-hmm. but uh, when Pau Gasol got his jersey retired, the Heat allowed Jimmy Butler to hop on a private jet across the country. Right. Right. From Miami to L.A. Right. So that he could see his former teammate, which I think a lot of people forgot about how Pau Gasol and Jimmy were teammates with the Bulls. I definitely forgot about right? that, too. So that he could surprise them and then fly back the next day. Yeah. Um, You know, like Portland to L.A. is not that long of a flight. It's like two hours yeah. at most. So you're saying you would have allowed it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm kind of with you on that Especially because we won, we won four rings together. Like, I, I get it. Like, our season's not great. <laughs> By the way, I heard Spo. So, like, the Heat and the Knicks are playing right. tonight. We'll have James Herbert tomorrow to, to chat with us about it and we're going to bring back we're finally going to have another draft i don't think we've had a draft this season right actually so i'm excited been so focused that. on the head coaching search been so focused um spo yesterday was doing an interview and was like it's definitely you know, no for me voice is just not out of how we struggled uh, no, uh, in the me, regular dog, season he's crazy. like there's beauty in that struggle and oh, I, kinda, brother. I need to oh, put you know man. what heat culture keeps getting away with it and it's so upsetting to me because how can you have a terrible regular season and for your head coach to be like, yo, there's beauty. There's beauty in being like 44 and 38. There's beauty in losing. Well, that's what the Heat that are is, most no, years. No, but that, so. yo, you cannot take an underperforming season uh-huh. and reframe it as that. Yeah. Just because you made a playoff run. That actually really upset me. And I tried not to bring it on air because it's Asian Heritage Month. And shows the spo. Uh-huh. Happy Asian Heritage Month, oh, by the way. Yeah. This is appropriate. Yeah. We we'll really like, say this for the last five minutes. But he can't get away with this. Like how you cannot reframe your regular season and say that there's beauty in the struggle. I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> Was there beauty in the Raptors struggle this Here's season? Here's the thing: you can say whatever you want when you win, man. That's the thing: you no. can reinvent everything, you can find purpose, but only that made after me roll you, my you, eyes, you, though, you, you've man. done some winning. That made me roll my eyes. He's like, but he's the, like, you guys criticize us way too hard when we were losing. It's like, no. That's the job of a coach, though. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying the job of a coach is to gaslight the franchise. Yes, I'm not um, trying to get you to be anti-Asian or anything right now. It's fine. No, I mean, despite, the, despite all the press conferences that I've been in this year, um, <laughs> the, the job of the coach is not to gaslight the, the, the franchise. But, like, part of it is to, like, set the narrative, right? And just sort of get people thinking in a positive way. Sure. And it's like, yo, when the players are, when the regular season is done, like, it really doesn't have any more relation yeah. to the actual you know what next itself. season when the raps are five games under 500 you want me to February, say I no I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be like there's beauty in this struggle <laughs> there's you know, beauty gonna, in the gonna, there, shooting there, nine of 36 yeah there's three. beauty in allowing the sixers to shoot 77 percent you know in in the first no, half. there was no beauty in that one you unfortunately know? there's no beauty in those those two games in boston which by the way i feel like i, I want to check in with you um because What's up? we have two, only two more minutes mentally I, we're, personally we're not gonna get one that topic have you forgiven the raptors for this season yet yeah i already forgot about them Okay, yeah. so you've already forgotten, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're, like, you're ready to move on. You're ready to see what the front office is going to do. Yeah, I moved right? on. Because I think for me, I'm watching a lot of the yeah. just, you know, the, the online discourse is sort of seeing like what, what, what fans are saying about the team. Like people mm. are still just so like yeah, but you have mad to, at the no, specific moment. No, but this is, this is like, fandom though, right? 
This is fandom. Yeah. Like, you're a diehard no, Raptors I, I, that's fan. That's why I just wanted to check in on you. That's all. I'm not saying no. what you should do or you shouldn't do. Very, I was just like, but me personally, are you still mad? No, I have a very detached approach to it. I felt like after I wrote my, my two ten things things and yeah, I was like, okay, bad. this is, I, I thought about this yeah. topic deeply and like each individual player, these are my thoughts. Afterwards, I was like, all right, I'm just ready to see what happens in the summertime. Like I've, I've, I've let go of the frustration of, you know, seeing how the season ended, and mm. you know, I even resisted the question of asking uh, CJ about Dr. DeRozan because oh, I'm sure yeah. he's he's come across Dr. many times. Yeah, I will say it is tough that they ended the season on on you know the most embarrassing yeah, no, loss. It, it's it's tough, and it was embarrassing. But I'm I'm just choosing to like not just let it go in terms of forgetting yeah. about it, but like moving on because again, there's nothing you can change about yeah, it. Yeah, time it's to just, move on. There's what like, can you do in the off season? You know, saw the Raptors Twitter account put out like asking for favorite moments from the season, mm. and like I, I tried to think about it. And I was just like, yeah. This was not a season for any moments. Wait, hold on. What were your favorite seasons? Uh, moments on this Neo season? at the Nick Nurse Foundation event. Um, tier zero photo shoot. Um, OG and Masai from Media Day. So nothing and, on the court, huh? Um, assorted media meals um, at the arena. Wow. Yeah. So those were good. One more minute. Yeah. You're I'm gonna just gonna say. Mine? Oh yeah. What are you? What are yours? I just want to say that the Suns are cooked. The Phoenix <laughs> oh, Suns yeah. are officially cooked. They're really? done. They're really? done, man. They're done. Denver's a great team. I know you guys talked about it in the first sure. half. Yeah, absolutely. And Phoenix has two players. You can't win with two players. But when those two players are Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Okay, but you're down 0-2 right now. They're playing 44 I mean, minutes every, a game. Everyone loses on the road in Denver. Okay, you know that. this is not a Warriors coming back from 2-0 against the Kings. Have you seen anything in these two games from the Suns that makes you say, okay, they've got all these adjustments that they're going to be able to make? Yeah. Joshua Kogi's still going to have to shoot that wide open No, he's team. not. I want KD and, and, Ke- <laughs> and Devin Booker to shoot over every double team. But this is right? already what they're doing. <laughs> This is do already it, what they're doing. Do it even more. No, honestly, I, I, do, I do think they'll have a better energy coming back to their crowd. It's a five-game um, series. If the Nuggets don't win this in five, I'm going to be really Chris Paul's injury though. does really concern me here. Sure. He's already been rolled out, I think, for game three. Yeah. That's quick. They're not. The Suns are not a championship contender. No, not this I agree. Season. I agree. I don't think they'll beat the Nuggets, but I think they should at least win two games. They're lucky Kawhi like, has to be shut down. They should at least go six games, man. No, this is going five, maybe a sweep. All right. So... That's, I'm uh, excited to see that series, but it's, it's low-key it. the NBA, NBA TV series of the second round. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah. It's got the MVP, man. The announcement is coming tonight. I know. You know it's going to go to Joel Embiid. <laughs> he, he cried enough for it this year. Anyway, that does it for us today. I've been your host, Willu, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks once again to CJ Miles. Thanks to producer and co-host Alex Wong. Thanks to our board producer Derek Brandel and Jennifer Rona for helping in the YouTube stream. It's time to talk about the Maple Leafs again. Feels good, man. Feels good.